Welcome to Hawks and Lavender Rose, a heart-centered podcast dedicated to community through the foundation of love, trust, and advocacy for conscious living. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to Hawks and Lavender Rose. I'm your host, Shauna Gulbrand. And joining me again today, Cindy Springford. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. We're in person. <laughs> yes, we whoop, are. Whoop. <laughs> What's Walking today? on the conventionals. Today is June 11th. Ooh, yes. Double digits. Ones. Like. And I'm wearing a, a graphic tee. We haven't talked yet about my graphic tee. No. I, I don't generally wear graphic t-shirts. No? No. You know, I almost wore like a t-shirt kind of thing but like i'm gonna dress up for shauna today no it's so funny because when i was getting dressed this morning i'm like cindy always comes over with these really funky cool you know graphic t-shirts i'm gonna wear one so (laughs) so i'll be more like her i should have read my memo (laughs) now i just want to go upstairs and change no i'm kidding Mm, you know what actually i was gonna wear today and i was this close to it i have a black t-shirt with white letters, it says "Silence kills, kill the silence," and then it says "hashtag Me Too" in red letters. I was going to wear that. Love today. it. It's one of my favorite shirts. Love it. Yeah. Well, the next time we're going to have to coordinate our outfits a little bit better. Yes. Hello. <laughs> so we're here together. We're in person. We're coming hopefully towards the end of COVID. I hope so. Um, But Cindy and I felt very comfortable to get back together in person today. So here we are. Mm-hmm. How are things been going with you? Things have been going fine. In fact, um, on a business standpoint, my clients have started returning Excellent. to my studio, which was good. Uh, we were under a stay-at-home order in the state of New Hampshire for non-essential businesses. I'm just, I don't know why I'm doing air quotes, but it just seems appropriate. <laughs> non-essential <laughs> <Perfect>. businesses. <laughs> so as of March 27th, they asked us to suspend operations. And obviously, my business is small. So, I mean, I could have continued. But out of respect for what he issued, I just wanted to kind of suspend things. And I trained clients virtually. And I trained them outside, keeping distance and space. And then as of, I believe, June 1st, small fitness centers were able to open. So I decided that I was going to put it out to my client base and see who wanted to come. And I think last week and this week, I've hit like double digits in terms of training hours. Excellent. And I'm getting back to my two to four clients a day at the studio, which is good. So that makes me feel good. And I think it makes my clients feel good because I think they're at the point now where, oh, I remember coming to the studio to see Cindy for my workout. This is what normalcy feels like. And I think that a lot of people are really desperate to get back to that. Yeah. Agreed. I was, right before everything shut down, I had just gotten, just bought myself a class pass at Hampstead Health and Fitness. Mm-hmm. So my favorite instructor, instructor. wow, I am really having a hard time talking today. It's just you have a lot to say. <clears throat> I need to get out of my head and drop down here. My favorite instructor, Joe Vega, teaches a, a class, it's... It's both kickboxing and weights. Sometimes, well, in the studio or in the the gym itself, we would use the steps once in a while, but you can't do that at home unless everybody has one. So anyway, um, they have just reopened, but they are only allowing a certain amount of people in, which is what everybody else is doing. But you have to make an appointment. So if you want to work out between 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning, you have to sign up for that time, which is great. So you can't just show up. And, you know, stand in line to get into the gym. Mm -hmm. They're doing slots, which is wonderful. And this past Saturday, they had a hybrid class. You could be out in the parking lot or you could stay home and and do it on Zoom. And I'm so glad that I stayed home because it was so bloody hot on Saturday. There's no way. (laughs) But I also don't see myself getting back into that room. He would have 30 to 35 people fill that room. Yeah. And that's a lot of sweating and a lot of huffing and puffing. It is. Right? A lot of exhaling. Yes. Um, So, you know, eventually we'll get back there. But for now, I'm grateful that we have Zoom. It's helped a lot of people. I know during this whole time, I had a client that I would travel to, and she was only two miles away from me, but her job is pretty demanding. She's a senior partner for a financial services company. So she needed to have someone like literally show up at her door, tell me what to do. I'll buy what you tell me to buy, and I just need you to come and help me work out. So we shifted to virtual. So we've been training via Skype twice a week. And it was a little hiccupy at first because I've I've worked virtually before, but I had to make sure I had good Wi-Fi in there and I had to update my computer. But now it's like 
it's no, it's nothing. It's like no problem because Excellent. she has all the stuff that I ha basically have. She's like a mini version of me because she just buys what I tell her to buy, and it, it's working out well. So to have that as a tool in my toolbox going forward for snowstorms or who knows that what was going to be my next question. Yeah. So do you see any of your business moving forward in a hybrid sort of model? I think, and the whole outdoors thing, too, because I have a deck off the back of my house, and my studio is just a little walk around on the side, so I can just schlep equipment out on my deck, which I've done a few times. So if it's a nice day, if people want to work out outside, I have that option also. And outdoors is less frowned upon than being in a building, so it's good to have options, and it's taught me to be a little more diverse, and it's taught me to be flexible, and that there's more than one way to do something, and you have to meet people where they are. And not everyone is ready to come back yet in person. So the fact that they have other options, but they still need a little guidance with their fitness program, it's good to give them choices that make them feel safe and comfortable. Right. So I am willing to retain those for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I'm going to be announcing, I can say it now because this isn't going to come out until after my Speaker Sisterhood meeting, club meeting tomorrow evening, that I'm moving to a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. I've been actively communicating with my club members about how they feel their safety level about coming back in person and right now there's six of us so it's not a really big group but this also isn't a huge room that i can have people six feet apart from each other yeah. and i was not doing it until the majority not the majority everyone mm -hmm. said yes we are ready so right now we're remaining on zoom but i decided yesterday that beginning in July, I'm moving to a hybrid model. I have the setup. You all can't see it, but I have the setup right here. All I have to do is put my computer there. There's my camera. People can be at home. We can be here. And I can reach more people. I For can sure. reach more women. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. Right. Could they can, as long as they can, you know, make that time frame. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. And it seems that some places I've seen um, are, are moving to more of a hybrid model. I've mm. talked to someone who's like, I'm not going back to my office. I'm giving up my office space. I'm only going to be seeing clients through Zoom. So lots of changes, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about our experiences through COVID mm -hmm. and what we've learned about ourselves. Or, so what have you... Um, what have you learned about yourself through COVID? How did you use the time, if at all, if you had any discoveries mm. or anything like that? It's funny because I was thinking about this on the way over here, and I had, completely unrelated to COVID, I had a very anxiety-filled and fraught winter because of some issues that were going on in my home, things that I had to get taken care of, uncertainties surrounding certain things. So I was on, like, high alert, fight or flight, stress mode for basically two or three months. I think you remember yep. I was kind of like me. Yep. So it was kind of funny because towards mid to late February, I was coming out of that before this all happened. So to be frank, I had no fucks left to give because <laughs> I had just exhausted myself being stressed out for eight or nine weeks about stuff that some of it, which I couldn't control, but I, I still expended the energy getting upset about it anyway. Right. So once I finally recovered and I found my balance, then this all happened. And my first instinct was to say, well, this is inconvenient. <laughs> this sucks. This is inconvenient. My first reaction was that it was all overblown and this is just this is just the media hyping th something up because we had the... Because they do that a lot. They do that a lot. You know, if it, if it bleeds, if it leads, if you're out there, I want you to remember that. <laughs> if it bleeds, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And I think that they have a lot to gain from this as well because oh, yeah. people are going to be glued to their television sets. Right. Well, what else was there to do? Exactly. Exactly. So we had the opportunity to see other countries deal with it first and how they dealt with it. And our response to be fair, probably wasn't the best response initially. So it's hard to know how much attention to give something versus no attention to give to it. How much legitimacy are we going to give to it based on what's happening? And science, because I know you're a science buff, science is so frustrating. The reason why science is so frustrating is because the whole goal in science is to fail at stuff because you're researching. Right. And people have a really hard time embracing science because 
It changes all the time. And it's a function of science. Right. But we don't want to hear that. No, we just want the answers and we want a vaccine yesterday. Yes, that's what we want. So that's why I think all these conspiracy theories have been brewing and all the anger, I guess, from people. Some stay home, don't stay home, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, six feet, 12 feet, 10 feet. Right, exactly. The information changing daily. The advice was changing daily. And it was frustrating. Very, very. And the longer this goes on, I think the more frustrated people are getting because you have still some of these lockdowns and you have to question the efficacy of the lockdown. I understand the, the purpose of the lockdown in the beginning. It's almost like saying, okay, well, let's take two weeks, shut everything down so we can make sure we're ready to open back up when and see what happens. Right. And I thought that they had done that. But then they just kept extending these lockdowns. Like, in, in theory, New Hampshire, their stay-at-home order doesn't expire until Monday. They just kept extending it. And they're <laughs> phasing things open. Go out on 28. Oh, yeah. People are tired. They're tired. They don't want to be home. Not everyone wants to stay in their basement and wear a mask and watch Netflix all day. Not everyone can stay at home and watch Netflix all day. There's so much to say to that. <laughs> when I went, I was out somewhere. I think I went to my mother's house. I was driving back on Memorial Day weekend. And I got off at 2.13 to come on to 28. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, just, you don't want to know. It's really <laughs> Let me just say that Salem is a huge shopping area. Huge. I could not believe the traffic. Mm-hmm. It was like everything was open, regular hours. I know. Anyway, the winter for me was a time of deep hibernation. I know you and I have had conversations Mm -hmm. um, about some of the work that I did. And when I say work, I mean internal work that I have been doing. And I know I've talked about it in other podcasts I got to the point that I questioned whether or not I was, like, afraid to go out. And when I checked in with myself, I realized that that wasn't the answer, that it was okay for me to be cocooning. Yeah. And to do all of the deep soul work. Levels upon levels upon levels. (laughs) It's like endless. (laughs) It's exhausting. The Empire State Um, Building of levels. Seriously. (laughs) And it was okay. And then it was toward the end of February, beginning of March, things were starting to happen. Yeah, that job. <coughs> and my job. <laughs> um, and I was excited. I remember going to JCPenney and buying a shitload of clothes. I went to DSW and bought three pairs of shoes. I was doing all, and I remember saying to David, I need to do this because I I know the store, everything's going to close. So everything closed like two days after I went shopping. It was just crazy. But I used, I personally loved the quarantine time. It was an extension of the cocoon that I was already in. Mm -hmm. And I did not mind it. I'm a homebody anyway. I like being at home. So I didn't have a problem. And I'm not in a situation where I'm living with someone that I despise. I'm not living alone. I was fortunate enough to be in a place where I love my home and I love being with my family. So I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. And again, it gave me more opportunity to figure some things out. And that is a good thing, as uncomfortable as it was. So for those of you who follow my podcast, who know me, know that I love doing the the internal work. I love to do that uh, soul work and that personal development work. Deep dive. Yeah, lots of deep dives. And I discovered a lot. Now, some of the things I discovered, and uh, let me just stop there for a second, because the last time we recorded, we were discussing my dislike and my hate of the universe yes. at that time. Yes, And we were. I ended up deleting that recording because... Because I judged it. Because I judged myself in it. And it's interesting because I've been judging myself since we started recording right now. But that's work that I need Mm. to do. 
And you're aware of that, the fact that it, you were judging yourself. Yeah, even more and I'm aware that I'm judging myself right now, too. It's crazy because I'm the first one to say, don't judge yourself. So here, um, wow, I just lost my whole train of thought. Okay, hating the universe, yes. right? That's where I was. Yes. When, when things happen and it's not what we expected and it's not, let me say for myself, it's not what I expected. It was not what I wanted. And that anger builds up and then I lose all trust in the universe. And I basically say, fuck off. Like, I'm done. I'm done with you. You're not doing things the way that I want you to do them. Mm -hmm. And that's where we were the last time that we recorded. Yeah. That I really hope that what I'm going to say right now is that I'm never going to allow that to happen again. And now, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers, toes, eyes, arms, legs. And it's so interesting because the moment that I can surrender is the moment the universe goes, oh, here's the synchronicity. Oh, here's a sign. Oh, this is some guidance. Yeah. But it's those moments of um, disconnect for me. When I lose the trust, that's when I slip into this place of, hmm, what do I slip into? Like, I want things my way, that stubborn child. Yes. I want things my way. Yeah, the petulant little child. Petulant, spoiled little child. Yeah, But, but I want it. Like Veruca Salt from Charlie Chuck. Yeah. But Daddy, <laughs> I want it. I want it now. Okay, so Fast forward to now. I had lots of opportunity to work with the universe <laughs> over the past few months. Said, okay, I'm here. Let's go. You want I'm to all in now. <laughs> like, I'm totally all in. I get it. I get it. And I'm willing to get it. I'm willing to continue that trust. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am now. And I am I'm, I'm feel like, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, I'm ready to pop out here. I'm ready to pop out that we're doing this. Yes. Um, I yes. haven't I, re- I haven't done my podcast at all because I've been in other places and not mm-hmm. physically, just mentally, emotionally, sure. spiritually. And lots of things are happening. Not ready to share all of that yet, uh, but lots of new things are being created. Lots of new things are happening. There's lots of new things coming in my future that I'm really, really excited about. Yep. And perhaps those wouldn't be in motion right now if it wasn't for the pandemic, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the stay-at-home order, that I could really do the work. I don't know. I mean, eventually, maybe it would have unfolded. But I've been okay with how things have unfolded. Let me ask you a question. I think this is also interesting to consider. What, if anything... Don't you miss about the way the world is now? So, in other words, is it one of those things where now we have all had all these restrictions and everything got shut down and everything's closed or whatever else, and we can't live and go about our business like we used to without having to plan, be very methodical, and have specific guidelines set out? So, what is it that you used to think was important back then that you don't really miss now? Does that make sense? It's an interesting question. What do I think? or feel that was important before the pandemic that's not so important now. I'll give you an example. Yeah. So ahead. for example, people that maybe liked going to baseball games or people that liked going out to see the movies at the movie theater or people that liked doing certain things. There have been some conversations with people that I'm in circles with that say it's amazing what I don't miss. I don't miss being as busy. I don't miss sitting in traffic. I don't miss having to keep up with the Joneses. I don't miss having to have a full schedule. These are things that were just part of our day-to-day. We kind of moved through them and didn't really think much about them. But now that they've been taken away and everything's sort of been dismantled, now you have an opportunity to say, do I want to go back to the way things were before? And was everything that was in my life before that took for granted really anything that I really held dear to me that I miss? Do you miss anything? Is there anything that you miss that you currently can't do or can't experience the way that you could before this all happened? I don't think so. Isn't that interesting? I don't really miss much either, which I'm surprised at because I'm like, well, because, you know, now restaurants, not that we were big dining out people. We're not big dining out people. So it wasn't a huge deal. Because we, again, I'm like you. I like being home. I like who I live with. I I know what I miss. Sorry, it just came to me. 
I miss getting together with my girlfriends. Uncomplicated. Yep. At Froby's or at the Nutrition Corner or at any given coffee at shop. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I miss. I miss being able to go and sit and have discussion over something delicious to drink and maybe something good to eat. Yes. But it's not going out to eat. It's not like I miss going out to dinner. I don't miss going out to restaurants. I miss the experience of sitting with you in Starbucks or wherever we end up yes. and having conversation. Gathering. Inside. Mm-hmm. That's that's something I miss and I look forward to getting back to Yes, once they let us in the friggin' doors and let us sit in there. Well, I guess restaurants you can now. You can eat in restaurants now in New to, Hampshire. Yeah, in New Hampshire. Six feet away, yeah, table six or ten. Yeah, because I think there's a pizza company in Plasto that is going to start doing indoor and outdoor dining next okay. week. So. I miss that. Mm-hmm. I, well, this is, so I stopped teaching yoga in person. Like I was doing it in Zoom. I do miss that. Like that's not something that I want to go back to. Let me just be very clear about that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to teach in any studio and it has nothing to do with anyone or COVID or anything like that. It's just something I decided I don't want to do anymore. But I do miss being in a room with people. Mm. I miss my speaker sisterhood. Mm -hmm. Wow. So now you're getting me to think here. <laughs> I miss being in person with my Speaker Sisterhood Club. Now we've been on Zoom and like I just announced we're going to be doing a hybrid mm. class or a hybrid club. But I miss that. So mm. I miss being in the same room with a group of people. Oh, there you go. That's what I miss. So Most of anything. I don't really miss anything else. So you simplify your life a little bit in some way. That's really funny because I was talking to myself this morning about simplifying my life. And that's a whole other topic. And it's it, okay. Nope, don't go there. Come back, Shauna. <laughs> back. back on the train tracks. I miss being able to walk into Market Basket without having to wait in a stupid line. That's pretty much what I was going to say in terms of what I miss. I miss things being footloose, fancy free, and uncomplicated. I didn't think much about it. Now it's like, okay, I have to make sure that I have a list. I have to make sure that I have my mask on the car. I have to make... And again, this is all first world problems, by the way. Please don't misunderstand me. No shit. But it's just, you'd never really realize just the simple things, how important they are until they're no longer simple. Right. And now they're complicated things. But they were simple things, but now they're complicated. Because they have to be for the short term. At least that's what we're being told. So I miss that too. I miss just being able to go in and go out. And it's not that I my time is more important than anybody else's, because it certainly isn't. But we're not accustomed to waiting for anything either. No. Which is a lesson in patience. We're not. Oh, yeah. We are not. Because we, we, we drive through, we pick it up, we grab it. We Instant gratification. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also miss... Being able to go down whatever goddamn aisle I want, in whatever goddamn direction I want. Stupid like, arrows. Stop! Okay, I don't really pay too much attention to it in Market Basket. I, at first, I was one of those people that was like, you're going the wrong way. And then I thought, how is this keeping, so, how is this keeping us distant from other people? Seriously, Mm -hmm. if we're both going down the aisle in the same way and you're stopped here looking at something, I'm going to pass within six feet of you. So how is the one way helping? I don't really know. And I say this because I was in Whole Foods last week. And this is the first time I've been in Whole Foods since, well, months. It's been way before the pandemic started was the last time. Because there's not one convenient to me. No, there isn't. There isn't. I was terrified to go down the aisle the wrong way in Whole Foods. It's a different sort of culture Mm. in that store. Sure. So I actually found myself following the rules and it was like tearing me apart inside. But I was doing it out of respect for the culture of the store. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a frequent visitor there. So I don't, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. But in Market Basket, I'm like, please, like, come on. On. <laughs> it's just market basket, people. So I miss that. I miss the, the conveniences yes. of running in and out. But I will say that because that is not convenient, we have saved a ton on groceries. Isn't that interesting? So much. I can't tell you. Well, maybe maybe you can relate to this, but 
there were weeks where I would be at Market Basket three or four times a week because it would be like an in-the-moment meal. Wow, you know what? Let's do this for dinner. Let me just run out. I'll get this and we'll have this for dinner. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. I don't just take a ride to Market Basket anymore. Mm -hmm. I only go for grocery shopping, a big grocery shopping. It feels like now when we have to go and make that pilgrimage, pilgrimage. It's, like, it's like we're prepping for battle. It's like I have my shield. I have my sword. I got my mask. I'm ready to go. It's like so complicated now. That's all right. It's all right. So that's what I, that's what I miss. Yeah. For sure. Other than that, I, I don't miss the movie theater. I don't no. miss the mall. I, I'm not a big shopper. No. I don't do a lot of shopping. No. Like, I don't get the retail therapy thing. Like, you know, apologies to those of you out there that do. Yeah. But I, I am not. No. I, I, like, need therapy after I go shopping because I don't. Yes. Yes. That's how I am, too. It's too much for I me. like to go shopping when I know a lot of people aren't going to be in the store. Right. I, and I would see friends, and please, this is no disrespect at all. Please. They were so excited when they heard that TJ Maxx and, and Home Goods and all that oh, yeah. were opening. Those stores give me such anxiety. Well, they're different all the time, too, which is so frustrating because they rearrange their... And I think that's what it is. I like, especially when, I, um, when I'm shopping for clothes, I love to see a mannequin with an outfit and then have all the pieces of outfit right there and then I just pick my color and my size. Oh, yeah. The chaos of going through things at stores like that just, it doesn't, I can't. I just Mm -hmm. can't do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy for those of you who like to shop at TJ Maxx. (laughs) We'll live vicariously through you. Home goods, yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's because I like that order. I like that systematic Mm -hmm. order of things that I can get from going into a department store that has, okay, well, here is all of this designer's clothes right here. Instead of the chaos of it all. But oh, exactly. I guess just the conveniences. Yeah. The uncomplicated nature, just picking up and going and not thinking twice about it. There's... I mean, I, I keep a mask in my car, keep a mask in my handbag. So that's not an issue. My husband, who is a nurse, has walked into countless stores over the past two weeks. Not countless. It's not mm-hmm. like he's out all the time. Right. He forgets his mask. He's like, damn, he goes back to his car. And he's a nurse. And to be fair, he has to wear it all day. And I'm sure that the last thing he wants to do when he's not in the hospital is put a mask on. You got that. So the other thing I miss is my husband being able to go to work and just go to work and have a normal day. I miss him coming home and not being so physically exhausted because he's had to keep that mask on for mm-hmm. a 12 hour shift. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I miss. I miss I miss him picking up extra shifts because it's so easy to pick up an extra shift. He won't go in now and nor do I want him to go in now because it's too much mm-hmm. on his body, on his mind, on his soul. Like it just affects yeah. him in every single way. So I miss I miss those things. Yeah. And I miss that for him. And I know that that's coming because he tells me how the numbers are decreasing every day. And, and there's so much staff now. Yeah. We need to we need to talk to more people that are on the front lines like that and get the story from them because it's so hard to know what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that could tell us. Uh, well, I have a lot of nurse friends. And between my husband and one of my girlfriends, there's been a big big decrease and so what has happened at his hospital is they've brought in so much staff they've just hired and hired and hired and now there's too much staff Mm -hmm. this morning I was lying in bed he was in the bathroom the air conditioner was on he didn't hear the phone ringing and I heard somebody talking I'm like they're calling him to give him the day off because they're overstaffed and there's not as many patients as there were Mm -hmm. so I got up I said did you hear the phone so he ended up calling them back and he was put on call so we sat down, we started to have our coffee, and the phone rang. Oh. <laughs> so he ended up having to go in. They needed an extra nurse on one of the floors. but So that's what's happening. And there really isn't even any overtime available because there's enough staff. Mm-hmm. So the hospitals, what they did was they reacted. Mm-hmm. And now that they see that they don't, they don't need as many nurses on. They were reactive instead of proactive, maybe. I can't speak to that. I um, maybe, maybe, I don't or know. just overcorrecting. Perhaps is a better way to say just, maybe overcorrecting. Yeah. Because, like we were talking about before, and forgive me, 
you know, I said I'm not a big history person. I don't remember dates or anything like that. Um, I'm more of a science girl. I worked in at the Cambridge Hospital for almost 30 years. We, I've never experienced any. I mean, we've never experienced anything like this. No. So they're learning as they go. We're all learning as we go. Mm-hmm. And the next time around, maybe things will be different. Hopefully right. they will be because we've experienced it and we know what's going on. And maybe the media won't play such a huge role the next time. And put so much fear. Okay, it, no, I'm not going to go there. It's, it's a tough one, though. It's it a tough is. One. Um, I wish I had some questions posed for us before we began recording, and I didn't. Well, I did ask you an important question about what you miss. What do you miss? I guess I, the, the biggest thing is I miss the uncomplicated nature of the way that we would go about our daily lives. Yeah. I miss that. I will say one thing that I, I am un, unfortunately not surprised at, but disappointed with all the same, and that's you know who people really are when these kinds of things happen. And I don't want to draw attention to bad behavior, but I think that... People show you their true colors when they're put to the test. And people show you who they really are when we have to pull together. And you know the ones that won't. Whether it's something simple as people panic buying, because as long as they have enough, who cares if you have enough? But if I have enough, it's all about self-preservation. Me, 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 me. Me first. So you would hope, and perhaps this is just a, a uninformed view, but it's my opinion, you would hope that we would have something similar to post 9-11 where it seemed as if we came together a little bit more and embraced each other. Yeah. And we supported each other. Now, granted, that was not an election year, so who the F knows? <laughs> but I'm not seeing that now. I'm seeing that people that are doing these things and that are behaving badly and are these bad actors that are floating around, they were always bad. It's just we never had the opportunity to see them as they really were. So in one sense, it's like liberating. It's like the emperor's new clothes, right? You get to see who they really are. But on the other hand, it's disheartening because it's like, wow, you're just a bad person. <laughs> you're just a gross human. You just, you're throwing gloves in the parking lot. You're throwing masks in the parking lot. You don't care. You just, you don't care. You're making things worse. You're not part of the, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And it's well, sad. someone else will fix the problem. I don't need to deal with that because I have Netflix and I have... All right, I'm just going to start making some judgments there. Well, yeah, it's hard not um, to though. So that that's I have me. my comforts, and I and and I think that's with everything. I mean, and there's there's more going on right now that we haven't even touched upon. Of Let's course, just say that, of course. And people are comfortable in the United States. Mm-hmm. We well, most people are comfortable. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the statistics. In my imagination. There are a lot of comfortable Americans, Mm -hmm. and change is disruptive. Mm -hmm. And if it's change that we need to come together as a collective, there are some people who are, yeah, I'm in. How can I help? But there are the other ones that, yeah, you deal with it. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt my life any more than it's been interrupted. Mm -hmm. And what else do I want to say about that? Change is coming. What I see as the change, some of the change in my own eyes that needs to happen means that more Americans need to get more uncomfortable. And I pray that that can happen to bring about change. And again, in my imagination... A lot of people are not going to want to get uncomfortable and they are going to want someone else to take care of it so they can remain comfortable blissfully unaware yeah yeah um okay so (laughs) (laughs) important point come back important point (laughs) very important point Everybody talks about change as long as it doesn't involve the comforts of their life. Correct. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we need change. We mm-hmm. need change. But mm-hmm. don't touch anything about my life. No. Because I don't want to be uncomfortable. And that's another topic that we could talk about. And again, this is an election year. So things are always going to take that kind of event. Right. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go that way because that's just where we are right now. And 
Obviously, this is not CNN, so please don't, no. don't misunderstand no. me here, or Fox News, or MSNBC, or any of that crap. But since this administration took office, people have just gotten more divisive and, and angry with each other. And I think that this pandemic coming along is like the perfect storm, because it's almost like an, a volcano exploding, right? The volcano is going to have to explode. Well, it is exploding. Nature has a little reset button it hits, right? It does these things, little course corrections that nature makes. Scientific person over here yeah, like, well, in I'm the chair. All those fires like burning down miles and miles and miles and yeah. miles of yeah. land. New grows up. Like that has mm-hmm. to be destroyed. You know, it's interesting because I love movies that have to do with, um, wow, I just lost it again for a second. Disaster movies, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. San Andreas. I love disaster movies. And I was thinking to myself the other day, why do I like disaster movies? And I, lo- I think it's the, well, first of all, it's de- the destruction and the rebirth, I think, is, mm. is what I really love. And in the movies, of course, it's Hollywood, but I love to see people coming together, right, yes, to yes. help each other, to support each other. Right. But I think it's the destruction. I don't know. That's some more work that I got to do. Well, things need to be sometimes broken down so you can rebuild them. Yeah. And maybe that's what we need. I think that's what we desperately need. There's a quote, and I, I'm not even going to try to even replicate it because I'm not going to do it justice, but um, Sonia Renee Taylor, you can find her on Facebook, um, The Body is Not an Apology. She's a black woman, and she's wonderful. She's brilliant. And she made a quote about we will never go back to normal because normal never was. And it goes into a little bit more detail than that. But... I don't think that when people say the new normal, I don't know if I really like that either. I hate that phrase I don't so really like it. much. I, almost as Woo! much as social Talk distancing. about reaction. Oh, I, I don't like that term either. I'm sorry. I don't. Whoever invented it, I apologize. I'm going to slap you. Do better. <laughs> do better, random person in the in the world. Do better. That was a bad one. I didn't like it. But if I can find the whole quote, we, I'll uh, send you the, the, the quote. But okay. Sonia Renee Taylor, The Body is Not an Apology on Facebook. But... She says, we will not go back to the new, because normal never was. We'll never go back to normal because normal never was. Well, there's no, first of all, there's no going back. Everything in the universe expands. Mm -hmm. Everything is always evolving and growing. So there's no going back. So interesting. My husband's hair is really long. He's going back for his first haircut at the barber tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And he said yesterday, yeah, but this is like the old David. And I said, are you the old David now? Think about that for a second. Yeah. Your hair may look like that, but is there any, ever going back to that old version of yourself? Mm-hmm. So I got him to, I don't really think he had an answer for me, yeah. but I'm hoping that, you know, he thought a little bit about that because there's never going back. No. We can't even time travel. It is virtually it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And you know me. I watch how the universe works. And <laughs> just you have Neil in the grass Tyson on speed dial. I know. No, he's do. not on that show, but oh, um, it's impossible to go backwards because everything in the universe is moving forward. And mm-hmm. so are we. We are always evolving. We well, not all of us, but hopefully most of us. Mm. We're always evolving and growing. So there is no going back to that normal. And I can understand what you're saying there. Um, and what is normal? Mm-hmm. What has what was normal before January twentieth when the first case was announced in the U.S.? Normal is what we label it. It's what we're used to. I think it's what we're accustomed to. This to me is normal. Is yeah. it normal for you? I well, feel, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Man, that was a really bad. <laughs> anyway, so. As far as the pandemic goes, hopefully we're almost completely out of it. Mm-hmm. I saw that Massachusetts is moving into like phase 375 of oh. their 400 phase. Subset B, statute 2A. <laughs> Who knows? I would like to get back to the ease of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, here I am. I just said nothing goes back and look at what I just said. So there's not going back to the ease of life. I look forward to moving forward into new eases of my life, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. Learning to be more flexible with the waxing and waning of life, depending on what's going on. 
this opportunity, this pandemic has given me opportunity to know myself on, on, a, on a deeper level and seeing things for what they really are. And that was some of the hardest work that I've done over the winter and through the pandemic is recognizing patterns of behavior within myself, patterns of behavior within other people and how I play a role in that mm -hmm. and recognizing I had a big aha moment over the past several months. Um, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to at this time, but I recognized someone in my life who just can't be, mm -hmm. just can't be. And I had to have some uncomfortable conversations. And I realized that much of my decisions, I was still basing on the, on the needs and the wants and the happiness of other people mm. that related to people that I knew I didn't want to be around or I didn't want in my life. Mm -hmm. Family patterns, you know, just yeah. so much discovery. But I am grateful. I'm grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, um, to do more work within myself. And I hope, my hope is that other people took that opportunity as well to ask themselves, how can I be different going forward? Mm -hmm. How do I want to be? How do I want to present myself in the world? Mm -hmm. What's really important? What's really important to you, Cindy? I think what's really important is to see what positive changes we can see come from this. So just for an example, the greatest casualty that we've had through this, and whether you want to say that we overreacted or whether we did everything that we had to do and therefore it wasn't as bad as it could have been because of the measures we took, we failed to protect the people that needed our protecting the most. And those are the people in nursing homes and care homes. We failed them. They were the majority of the collateral damage. But that speaks to a broader problem. That doesn't just speak to a global pandemic. That just speaks to a public health crisis. How can we help our older folks? How can we help the elderly? How can we help our senior citizens live longer and more fully and with more vitality and with more energy? Just because you get older doesn't mean that you still can't have an immune system. How can we help them? How can we help them with more supportive adopting more supportive health-promoting behaviors? How can we think outside the box? How can we get them to be in the sunlight more? How can we get them to have more nutritious food at their care homes and their nursing homes? How can we get them to get more involved socially? What can we do to protect our older aging population so they're not as vulnerable when the next bug comes around? Because that's really who suffered the most, was them. And they're not expendable, but it's not surprising because they're vulnerable and we did not do a good job protecting them. So something needs to happen where we address the broader problem. So what would you, would you say is important to you? I think it's important, especially in the work that I'm doing to try to present a more balanced view of health and how we need to address it from all levels, both and at- For all ages. For all ages, both personally and professionally. I mean, I have some clients that are in their 60s and 70s and they're very active and they're very, vital and they have purpose and they do their best to live each day like it's their last but at the same time they don't think it's going to be their last because they're enjoying themselves and they have balance 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 is the theme right they yeah. have balance and i don't think that we take that view especially in healthcare. we don't take that view it's sick care how can we promote health without just fending off sickness mm. Yeah, so this is another topic because I worked with in the care integration department before I left the Cambridge Hospital, and there was lots of incentive and lots of movement to meet people where they are at home, to bring the education of health and wellness to keep them out of the hospital. So I know that that is happening. Mm. Um, I don't know what level it's happening now because I'm not in the right. healthcare industry anymore. Mm -hmm. But there's always room to do more. Always, always. And I sometimes think, too, there's a happy balance. Like, I'm not... There's that word again. It is. There's a happy balance between Eastern philosophy and Western medicine. I don't think that you can do one to the exclusion of the other. I don't think the pharmaceutical industry can cease to exist tomorrow and we wouldn't miss it. I don't think that. I am not one or the other. I am not anti-pharma and I am not pro-pharma. 
I am not anti-homeopathic or pro-homeopathic. But I think there needs to be a blending of the two, and we need to have a broader view of what it means to be healthy. And health is a very variable term. Health just isn't the, disease, the absence of disease or infirmity. It's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. mental. All those factor into it. And what's not healthy about this lockdown and about these restrictions and about what's going on in the world is people are being sheltered in place in some places. People are being isolated. People are being restricted. People are being separated from their loved ones. That is not good for them in so many other ways. So it's like scientists are an important part of the conversation, but they can't be the only ones having the conversation. There needs to be more balance to how this is being managed in our country because we're not getting that balance. I also read an article about a cohort of people who are who are sick and who did not go to the emergency room, who did not go to urgent care because they were too fearful to go. Mm -hmm. And that's awful as well. Right. If these people are in need mm -hmm. and there was just too much fear. And you are basically delaying these elective procedures right. or these But I can understand why, right? Because if we didn't know about the virus, they don't know, they're learning. Mm -hmm. Now I just read recently that maybe it's more about the bloodstream than it is about the lungs. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> more information. We need ventilators. Oh, no, we need ventilators. I need a ventilator right now. <laughs> Plus it's like so freaking humid out today. Yeah, it's, again, we have to say like, Charles Eisenstein in his essay called The Coronation. I don't know what is happening and neither do you. Yeah. But I'm holding on and I'm, uh, I'm in for the ride. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. Right do you now. see an end? And if so, when? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to answer that question because mm. I don't know and I, I'm not educated enough to know that answer. Mm. What about you? Well, I mean, I definitely think, you know, if I were to rate 2020 on Yelp, it would be one star. Do not recommend. Do not recommend. 2020? As in the show the, the entire year. <laughs> oh! <laughs> the entire year is just a wash. Just don't even bother. Just, just hibernate until January. I guess... I guess I'm not moving through my life wondering when it's going to end. I'm moving through my life, living my life. and In spite of it. Yeah. And maybe not in spite of it, more working with it. Again, back to the, well, I don't have to run to Market Basket right now, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Will I ever get back to the point that I'm driving to Market Basket three times a week because I decided I want this for dinner? Maybe. Mm -hmm. And... I can wait. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully this brings us and you out there to a deeper appreciation of the things that really matter. And hopefully we use this time, if we're able to use this time, to go a little deeper and be a little more introspective about the world that we live in and about our place in it and what we can do to be better for ourselves and for each other. And what role we play mm -hmm. that's a big question that has come up and again we're gonna we're gonna end very very soon um and maybe we can have this as another topic sometime but these questions have been rolling around in my head all week not really sure why about the roles that we play and how we get things to happen to us mm. a lot of people don't want to look at that Mm -hmm. especially the how I got this to happen to me. I didn't do anything to get this to happen to me. Mm. This just happened to me. Yeah, but what role did you play and how did you get it to happen to you? These are two questions that one of my teachers posed to a group of us some time ago. And it was one of those questions that I just took with me. And it's an uncomfortable question. So say I'm in a, I'm in a relationship with you and something happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is just a small example. To then... Do some introspection, reflection, and ask myself, well, what role did I play in this situation? And how did I get whatever to happen to me? Mm -hmm. 
That's a tough question for a lot of people to ask mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So those have been rolling around in my head this week, and I've been wanting to write about it and talk about it, and but it's still at the beginning stages. So again, mm. another episode. Oh yeah. All right. Anything you want to say before we before we say bye? I want to say that regardless of what side of the fence you're on, whether you're erring on the side of caution and you want to stay home and you feel better being at home, I support that. Yep. And whether you're out there and you refuse to wear a mask and you just are a high-spirited person, I also support that and I understand it and I see you and I see both of you and I know it's hard for a lot of people. Mm, there was a little hesitation with that second one, though. Your energy shifted a little it bit. It did. There. I think it shifted because I think you can be assertive and you can be deliberate in your actions and you could stand firm in what you believe without being nasty. So I just hope that people elect that. They I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right, but I'm not going to attack other people. But I'm people. still going to be kind and considerate. I'm going to just be a decent human decent being. Decent human That's being. All. That's all. So wherever you fall, wherever you fit, just do your best to take it one day at a time because none of us know what's going on. None of us is know what's really happening. We can hypothesize, we can speculate, but we don't for sure really know. And we're not going to know until we do the autopsy on the pandemic of the great pandemic of 2020. We're not really going to know what happened but we do know or we can know what's going on in our immediate environment right within ourselves mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of work can happen is this you know i i'm knowing myself more mm -hmm. i'm knowing my patterns more i'm knowing my behavior more i'm knowing my thoughts more right and that's a great place to be too and i also think it's important to mention focus on the things that you can control and try to let the rest go because you're going to drive yourself crazy yeah and you're going to you're going to split your energy, you're going to waste your time and it's just going to be an exhausting pursuit. It's not worth it. Your mental health is not going to not going to sustain that for very long. So you need to really be specific and look at your world and look at what you need to do and focus on that and focus on what's going to yield the greatest reward because that's going to make you feel empowered and less afraid. Okay, that's a whole nother topic. Like my mind just keeps <laughs> to going. To be continued. We could just write them all down in this little book. <laughs> Where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook, Cindy Luce Training Studio. You can also find me as Love Your Body Project Health Coaching and Personal Training. And I am on the Instagrams at, at CL Training Studio. And I am also on Twitter at LYB Project, but I'm not really doing much with that. So. Yeah, we were talking about Twitter before we started recording. That's yeah. why I think you mentioned it because you've never mentioned Twitter before. <laughs> so true. Okay, I'm Shauna Gulbrand. You can find me everywhere at Shauna Gulbrand. Again, I'm having... I'm, changing things are changing uh, my website's going to be changing there's just changes in the air and i am super excited about all of it thank you so much for tuning in and listening we appreciate you we love you and whatever you're doing wherever you are whatever time of the day or night it is my hope is that you are healthy and happy and your life is um no i don't want to say that that you're healthy and happy i was trying to add more i was trying to be more of something so thank you for letting me be authentic and vulnerable. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Yeah.